listening to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, where women who are ready to expand their life adventure discover the tools to stop playing small and tap into the courage required to enjoy their second wind. Welcome. Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford. I am sitting here looking out, you know, the window, and I have a normally a beautiful view of a tree full of green leaves. I've never seen it without green leaves. Two weeks ago, you know, Texas really went through a major storm that we've not experienced, and I'd say I think they were touting over a hundred years. We had ten inches of snow, but the the snow was major, but we had teen weather. So we seldom, seldom get into the teens. So, and that was repeated for almost a week. It, needless to say, threw Texas into a spiral. And so there's lots of questions going on. Here, the state that doubts themselves at being self-sufficient because of the oil and all of that was really not able to stand up to the conditions that the weather was presenting us with. So there's a, I would say there's probably rethinking going on in the decision-making for the state as we totally, totally uh, did not stand up to the challenge. But as I look at this tree I, I'm seeing something I've never seen before, which is a beautiful green tree full at the top. Uh, but it is brown and it has no leaves on it. And it, it's so interesting to me to see it this way. And I kind of think of it as this is what happens when we go through transition in our life, in our, our green life, our promise of life. A good life changes, and we are left with the foundations or the form of a tree, a barren tree now. It doesn't seem to bother the birds or the squirrels that crawl up and down it, but it is interesting to me. I don't know why I've become so glued to this tree, but it's teaching me I have to wait. Don't make the big decisions too fast when you go through a major transition. Like, do I cut off? Do I start pruning it back? Do I cut the tree down? No. I just wait. Wait for what we know can be the promise of full life. And this tree may come back and be the beautiful tree it was before. So I'm just, I, I don't know why, but this has really touched me. And so I wanted to share that little story with you today. I even wrote about it yesterday on a blog. It was so, um, has really touched me so much. But anyway, let's move on to our fabulous guest today, which you are going to really enjoy her message so much. Her name is Keisha Blair, and she's a dynamic woman. She has made great change in her young years. She is an award-winning best author of Holistic Health, 
32 Life Lessons to Help You Find Purpose, Prosperity, and Happiness, and the Holistic Wealth Personal Workbook. Now, Keisha is a the world's foremost expert on holistic health. She's is trained economic economist and with extensive experience in the public, private, and for nonprofit section sectors. She started her career working on economy development projects sponsored by the World Bank and Inter American Development Bank. She has been part of the Canadian Prime Minister's delegation to the World's Economic Forum in 2018, as well as East Asia Summit in Singapore. Mercy, Keisha. I'm so so impressed by this. (laughs) You've been all over the place. (laughs) But Keisha has... Thank you for having me, Joyce. It's good to be here. (laughs) You have... I mean, I'm not through. I want to tell more about you because... You do have a MSc degree, I believe. I'm not familiar with that, probably because it's from Canada, but in public policy from Carleton University in Ottawa. And Mm -hmm. she has been profiled in the New York Times, has been featured in the New New York Observer, Thrive Global, the Harvard Business Review, among many, 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 many other publications. Now, Her article that she wrote that described her major major transition, I call it the defining moment, where life sort of says, okay, you got to take a turn, whether you want to turn or not. She wrote about the article in this article, and this was the title. My husband died at 34. Here are 40 life lessons I learned from it. Now, this went viral. And who wouldn't have been attracted by this article? And so we'll talk more about that. But Keisha is a passionate about gender equality. I love that. Love it. And women's economic empowerment. She is currently the host of Holistic Wealth Segment on the award-winning international syndicated TV show, The Daily Flash TV, and she has her own podcast called Holistic Wealth. She's the mother of three children and is now remarried and with her husband. I don't know. You may share with us how long. I don't know if you want to or not. But anyway, Keisha, thank you for choosing Second Wind to be part of today. I'm, I'm fascinated by your history. Yeah, and thank you for having me, Joyce. Um, yeah. It's great to share my story with your audience, and it's good to be here. Yeah. I have a question, though, before we get there. When we talk about holistic wealth, could you give us a definition about that? Sure. What sure. that is. So in the introduction to my book, Holistic Wealth, I talk about this broad definition that I've developed for it, and Uh it's basically um, wealth that comprises both financial independence and financial wellness, so there's that component, um, as well as physical health, emotional and spiritual health, and mental health. So those are the critical building blocks of holistic wealth, and I think 
we'd all agree that with COVID-19, you know, uh, it's taken center stage. Some of those key themes have been major news items over the last year because we're now recognizing that all of those are integrated and are critical to being resilient and being able to overcome setbacks. Oh, yeah. I think uh, COVID has just really stopped all of us. Um in reevaluating our life and reevaluating who we are, because for many of us, we've been in isolation or isolated from uh, our normal routine. And so it's really pulled some inner thinking from all of us. So, what a great value with, <clears throat> that would have been for all of your students that are involved in your programs now. But they can always go buy the book. So tell me about the article that you wrote that was your defining moment uh, about your husband dying so early in his life. Yeah, no, sure. So, so yes. Yeah, so what happened, Joyce, is that, yes, yeah, so my husband passed very tragically. It was a very rare illness, so rare that one in one million people get it um, around the year, around the world each year. And mm. most doctors will never see it in their lifetime, only in textbooks. Mm. And 70% of cases are found upon autopsy, which means most people never realize that they have the disease. And it's because from a biochemical perspective, most doctors don't even know how to test for it because they've never seen a living case. They've only read about it probably in med school at some point. Wow. Yeah. And so it took one year to get the autopsy results. Uh, Mm. You know, they had to pull together an international team uh, oh to, my to, goodness. to examine the case, it was it was done in the United States. They had to uh-huh. Canada and the United States had to come together to work on the case. It was that rare, and uh-huh. during that time, as you can imagine, I it was it was it was a horrible period, and so I just took to writing. I went back to my first love of writing to sort mm-hmm. through my feelings and kind of what was happening to our family at the time because I'd just given yeah. birth eight weeks prior to my second oh. child. Well. Yeah, so so <laughs> I started writing and it took the form of a memoir. And yes. and I had that working on and I had that, you know, going back and forth for years with right. that manuscript. And one day I decided I decided to write an article about the lessons I had learned from my experience. It was kind of like a a point of reckoning after going through this and, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking about the lessons I would want to pass on to others from this, you know, to me, just this bizarre experience. Right. And I wrote that article in like a couple hours. Like it didn't take me long. It just poured (laughs) out of me and it was the most vulnerable thing I'd ever done in terms of uh-huh. my writing and uh-huh. and you know I I published it and I just thought well you know maybe no one will read it <laughs> and um and then it's then... a life of its own yeah well it, tell us first can what it what was the name of the the disease or condition that your husband had 
Right. So it's called pheochromocytoma. It's, okay. It's a rare illness, as I stated. And, you know, when I say the name, most people will uh-huh. probably not have they don't heard know. of that. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And, and does it, what, what does it attack, particularly in the body? Everything? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's an adrenal tumor. So it's on the adrenal uh, gland. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we think we know so much, but this is it. Um, but it's really hard to watch a loved one go down with a disease like that, and particularly if you don't have any answers. That must have been very difficult. Yeah. So yeah, the writing was, was the what? Yeah, was your way of releasing the pain that you were going through? Did you? Was it a benefit? This is sometimes we a question. Did it help you knowing as you were, the doctors had shared you were losing him, that he was probably going to die. Did you find that as a, as a comforting, I'm, let me see if I can say this right. Was his, his slow departure make his life, his death easier or more difficult? Well, for me, uh, it was far more difficult. Uh, And here's the thing. So, like, he came home one day and complained of a pain in his abdomen. Mm -hmm. We called an ambulance, went to the hospital, and within three hours, he was pronounced dead. So, (gasps) there was literally no time. Ah, okay. No time to even come to terms with what was going on. At the point at which they called the time of death, the doctors didn't even know what was going on. Everybody, I mean, the doctors held, I mean, I've never seen doctors put their hands on their head. in just share resignation. And they had no clue what had just transpired in front of them. None. Right. Yeah. And so... The entire hospital was in shock. Um, you know, we were all in shock. And right. and as I said, you know, that's when they called in the chief coroner and and um, to examine, you know, to 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 do the autopsy and to figure out what was going on. But I, it couldn't have been worse. It couldn't it couldn't have been a worse, um, wow. you know, situation in terms of the timing and the impact yeah. and just the share. Um, really yeah. of it, and it's a killer that disease. It's it's it does mm-hmm. not spare you, and it 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 just comes and it just it just strikes, um, hmm. and so it's 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 always difficult when there's no time. There was no time to say goodbye. I, I didn't get a chance to do that. Yeah, you know, he died on the MRI machine, and um, by the time they called me, and he was gone. So, oh my goodness. Um, yeah, sudden death, really, you had sudden death, right? Do you, I, I've done some interviewing with widows, um, in preparation for a course that I was, um, looking at doing, and one of the things that they experienced was the PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome. Where they, and this particularly was with the wife that slept in the bed with her husband without his knowing he was dead, or 
something like that. But they usually have a traumatic uh, uh, experience that will revisit at certain time times of the year around their passing. Did you see? Any, did you experience any of that? Well, I experienced, um, you know, typical grief. And yes. it was compounded by the fact that I had just birth. So physically, yes. I was healing from childbirth as well. Uh, right. Because I had a pretty difficult birth experience just eight weeks uh, prior. I mean, I think I had 17 stitches. And, oh, wow. And, you know, Ouch. from that birth and... Mm. You know that birth too was just it was it was you know it was it was an it was quite an experience what I'd gone yeah through. you know just natural birth no no medication nothing and so I was dealing with both at yes, the same you were. time so yeah. which I talk about in the book and and it was difficult and I mean the grief the grief mm-hmm. just hit me um, right you know and of course. I was 31. I'd never experienced anything like it. Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't see it coming. Uh, so, you know, it was, it was, it was a very, very difficult time. Yes, I can imagine. Just adjusting to being a mother is kind of a shocker. Um, I have a new, we have a new grandbaby in our house, in our family, let's say, at the first. And, um, uh, you know, I just seen what they've gone through. Of course, you, we didn't, you didn't have the COVID at that time, but even so, I don't know. It takes a team to do the, the, the new routine with a baby and help you. I hope you had help. Did you have help? Some family member that can come help. <laughs> I, oh, you know, I had my mom around. That was great. And yeah, you know. And and so that that's amazing. As a matter of fact, she has her PhD in psychology, so she had dealt with those difficult topics before in terms of her professional background. And mm-hmm. so, of course, that was that was amazing for me too. And you yes. know, we actually just co-authored a a course together called Holistic Healing on the Institute on Holistic Wealth, which I just launched recently with you know courses that. Um, are relevant for people going through transition as well. And we co-authored, you know, a course called Holistic Healing, just pulling on some of the, the experience that we both have and, 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 you know, things that people can do in a difficult time, mm-hmm. you know, to draw on to help themselves. So, so yes, I did have her support, which was great. Then mm-hmm. how much fun that you all can share that, that together. Uh, you know, you probably in your teen years never thought of doing that with your mother, but as adults, we can really kind of appreciate it, you know, absolutely. you know, we see each other in a different light and we can appreciate each other. So tell us about, so the first thing that came in your healing, of course, after you've gone through your grief and it could have been part of your grief process, but you you decided to do the book and is the book the uh the writing that you did to help you through the grief period is that the book yes so the book is a combination of that it was some of the writing that i did 
to help me through the period because I pulled on a lot of that, you know, which, you know, which kind of a bit of that was in the viral article. So I pulled on, mm-hmm. on that grief experience as well as my own experience professionally yes. as an economist. Uh As someone who's done economic development, someone who's worked (laughs) on gender equality, someone who's done public policy, and I've pulled on all of that. So I've pulled on my whole self um, Uh in pulling together this book, Holistic Wealth. And I think, you know, as people read it and go through it, you know, they'll see. They'll see the full experience there and the advice in there also represents some of that um, professional experience that I've pulled on to try to to help people in some of these critical areas that are so important, you know, mm-hmm. when we go through these life transitions and these life-altering setbacks. And, you know, Joyce, I, I wanted to talk about grief, yes, but I really wanted to give people a roadmap to move forward. Like, I didn't want right. to just, you know, just go on and on and on about grief. Right with nowhere to go, like I really wanted to give people a roadmap that they could use to move forward, Mm -hmm. which was kind of like introduced in that viral article. I just, I didn't want to just write about just grief. I really wanted to to give, because I feel like in that early stage, you know, maybe in a couple of months after my husband died, I wish I had that book. If I had had Mm -hmm. that book, (laughs) I would have been like, you know, it would have helped me with a myriad of issues that came forward, yes. you know, in early widowhood. And, and I can see that with a myriad of situations, whether it's widowhood or early divorce, um, you know, a critical mm-hmm. illness. And so that book was the book I needed. Like, I wrote the book that I needed. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the book, and you and I both know, and I know many of the listeners out there do, that those positions that our uh, husbands took or or significant other, those positions normally deal with, now I know your book is more than just about wealth, but there is some growth that I find in a lot of my peer group that, that we need to learn. We wealth of handling the money hasn't always been the the our responsibility our responsibility was running the house the family and all of that and so you know when marriages do they sort of split now in your in your case I don't know you may have gotten to handle the finances I don't know because of your background but I think in uh, a lot of marriages the the, the man tends to handle the finances and the woman the in the family itself. So um, how does your book address helping the woman that's making that uh, first time step into a new arena? Mm-hmm. No, that's a great question, Joyce, because the book addresses it head on. And throughout the Good. book, it's addressed in so many different ways. Because mm-hmm. even though I was a trained economist, you know, and had the background, there were things that I struggled with uh, because my husband was an accountant. He was a CPA. Uh, And yeah, and he was meticulous Mm -hmm. with, you know, 
um, you know, tracking spending, budgeting, this because he's yes. an accountant. That's what he does. You know, right. I'm an economist. I'm kind of like big thinker, world economy. What would I want <laughs> the world to look like? And so yeah. he definitely, you know, I mean, he loved that kind of thing and he owned it, you know, and I mm-hmm. was just like, well, you know, he loves it. Um, you know, I think spreadsheets are great, but I'm not, you know, overly excited to see them. And so like most females, um, you know, we have a deep interest, but of course, if you're married to someone who naturally gravitates to those things in a very deep way, because it's, you know, he was a financial controller and, he does mm-hmm. this on a day-to-day basis. Then, of course, you're just like, okay, this is your natural skill. And he was very, very good at it. He was an amazing yeah. accountant who, even mm-hmm. at the point of his death, he, he was 34 and, and, and had rose to become a financial controller. So he was very good ah. with money. And so yeah. for me, um, luckily, we planned ahead, as I stated in the book. We planned ahead mm-hmm. meticulously. And so Mm -hmm. we were fine financially. I was fine at the point he died. But I recognize that a lot of women would struggle with this. And so I wanted to address it deeply, deeply in the book. And, of course, I struggled with various things, Joyce. Like I, I, you know, the guilt, right? And there's this thing called Mm -hmm. financial guilt. And several widows that I've spoken to, they suffer from financial guilt. and. What's that the lack guilt of around? Confidence sometimes. Confidence, so, yes. Yes. What's the guilt? Yes, from? and most women do suffer with that. So I wanted to address that head on. Right. To try to give women that confidence and to talk about those concepts in a very accessible format that women could understand and feel good about money. And and if you look at mm-hmm. the book, it's a gorgeous book. Like I wanted a book that would appeal to women. I wanted them to look at the book and just feel really good. Um, And so that's what we did with this book. Mm -hmm. And the concepts in there are so well explained and it ties back to a personal story. So it's not just, Mm -hmm. you know, just financial concepts. It's, it's, um, It's done in a way where women get this understanding of why it's so critical that we need to really own, you know, or finances, or decision-making, and, and you know, how we move forward with our financial yeah. wellness and other aspects of our lives. Yes. Um, the, uh, I want the list, if you're, I want the listeners to go to your website, which is uh, Keisha K-E-I-S-A, Blair, B-L-A-I-R dot com. And then you will see once you get to her website, her dancing book. It's very happy. It's spinning. It's doing all these. It just makes you feel good to see the the book (laughs) dancing. I love the color. I'm a primary color girl. You know, I worked at a children's museum. It was perfect for me. And (laughs) so the primary colors are great. I loved it. So Anyway, uh, we are going to take a break now, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about the additional work that uh, Keisha has also developed, and which you'll see on her website as well. So don't touch that dial. Come back, because you'll want to be here for the second half. 
Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. It's merging Did Scotch tape originate in Scotland? Nope. The popular gift wrapping tape was actually developed right here in the United States. In 1926, the Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing Company, 3M, was being a bit rapacious, trying to save a little scratch or money, and started using a cheaper adhesive on their sticky tape. A Detroit automaker ordered some of this newer, cheaper tape to use for spray-painting auto bodies. But the automaker complained because the tape was scotch, a politically incorrect word that meant cheap or stingy. While the tape didn't have the adhesion to satisfy the automaker, it was hardly a Jifu jet. That's an unnecessary thing. It had many other uses, as we all know. So the tape was kept in production, and the name Scotch just stuck. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford... The author of Effortless Happiness continues in this segment to share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. Today we are talking with Keisha Blair, and she has written a fabulous book called Holistic Wealth. Um, Let me see here, Keisha. I'm here. 31, 32 life lessons to help you find purpose, prosperity, and happiness. So we've been discussing all things about how she started this journey and through the loss of her husband. And now you'd like to get you back into how her book uh, can guide you to your, your personal finance, financial identity. It's like a framework, and so it helps you take a quiz. You can sign up to take a quiz, and I took it yesterday, day before, and it's not difficult. It won't hurt you. It's very informative, and then it breaks you into one of four types of fi- of of how you handle your money and what you believe about handling your money. So I found it kind of fascinating. It breaks you into the minimal minimalist, the maximalist, am I saying that right? The risk taker and the anxious spender slash investor. So I turned out to be the risk taker, but I can't I haven't gone on to go back and, and research that more. How did you come up with these four descriptors for our financial identity? Yeah. So, so Joyce, once readers started getting into the book, 
they started coming mm-hmm. back to me. And in the book, I stated that it's necessary to know or to even be aware of your personal financial identity. And it's mm-hmm. necessary to also, once you know what your personal financial identity is, it's necessary to be able to harness its strengths. So I, you know, had stated in the book that most of us transition into adulthood with mm-hmm. these big purchases, being with a significant other or somebody else influencing us. And yeah. most of us didn't even have time to think about what our personal financial identity was. <laughs> so when readers came back to me and they're like, oh, I want to know, I want to know what I am and I want to know so I can start working on, you know, my finances and doing a better job. I sat down and I came up with these four categories, the categories that you just Mm -hmm. listed. And Mm -hmm. it became clear to me when categorizing that these would be the four. And of course I based it on my own personal life with observations I had made in my professional life as an economist So far, Mm -hmm. and of course, as, you know, just as, you know, in terms of my relationships. And so Mm -hmm. I had thought about my marriage and how our money identities were so different and Mm -hmm. how that impacted me when my husband died. Because our money identities were so different, our personal financial identities were so different, I struggled with my own decisions after he died. Uh, because we influenced each other. And that's what we do in a marriage. That's what we do in any relationship. So I had realized that I had only partially embraced my personal financial identity during my marriage. I had advocated for certain things, for certain investments. I had advocated that we have life insurance that would cover over and above our mortgage, things like that. But I felt like if I had just gone in 100%, it would have Mm -hmm. even made much more of a difference. So I want all women, I want everybody to take this quiz to find out their own personal financial identity because I think it's critical. I introduced the concept in the book. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as you mentioned, Joy, so many people have taken it and they've been so fascinated by it because many people have said, this is me to a T. Like I've taken Uh the course and this is me to a T. Like it's fascinating to hear women say that. So I'm, I'm glad that it's resonated with them. And I think the next step too, as you mentioned, is going further into that once you've identified your own personal financial identity and getting to know how you can harness strengths, you know, and how Uh how you can compensate for the weaknesses there that you might have um, by putting in strategies to do that. So I'm glad you brought that up because it's an amazing, it's an important topic. I have a question. How much of our financial identity is developed in our birth family, the family of origin. You know, some of it has to be influenced by that, but I know because of the, I'm also a value person. I like knowing, I stress all women know their values. Um, There's some just that is our unique value that what we would believe in. So could you address that? Absolutely. And you know, it's so funny because as I'm interviewing, you know, I've interviewed several people on on, on the Holistic Wealth podcast that I host who've taken the mm-hmm. quiz because I ask most people, most guests to take the quiz and yes. tell me what they think about it. And some of them have have told me on the podcast, like there's 
Wendy, Wendy Thiessen, the her episode, you know, if the audience looks up her episode, you'll see that she connects mm-hmm. hers back to her childhood and mm-hmm. the messages that she got from her dad about how women mm-hmm. are not only bad with money, but that, you know, he, he, you know, he talked about his preconceived notions about how successful women could be women could be with not only money, mm. but in a career. And so mm-hmm. a lot of it does come from there. It's a great question. And what Wendy said to me, because she's a trained hypnotist. And when I asked oh, her, yeah. yeah, what advice she would have for people as they take this quiz, she said, look at every single question as you take the mm-hmm. quiz. And really mm-hmm. internalize why you're answering or falls to the question. Is it something back in your childhood? Is it something else with somebody else, some other negative message that you were given? Is it a lack of confidence occurring to some other experience? And she's big on really being mindful, you know, and Mm. really being self-aware. And that's what this quiz can really allow us to do if we take the time to really internalize why we're coming mm-hmm. up with these answers and, and what might have prompted that, whether it's in our own birth family, as you mentioned, or childhood, or whether it was within a relationship with a significant other. So there's so many insights that we can gain mm-hmm. from these from this quiz to help us, you know, with our own personal self awareness, to help us advocate for ourselves and for self preservation. And yeah. it's something that's truly important, and that's a great question. That's some of it for sure. You know, as as, as yeah. soon as, you know, we start growing up, we start to hear messages about money. And it's in our family, mm. and, and it, it, it definitely influences the way we see, we, we think about money. Oh, I think it's one of the biggest things that we have to deal with as adults is our relationship with our money. Um because it not only influences relationships, but it also influences your family, how they're going to go, how you're going to raise children. All of this is just so important. Anytime I see a wealth uh, course, I'm always, I'm just drawn to it. And I think a lot of people are because there's so many secrets around wealth, I think. Like we never discussed wealth in my birth family. And so I just saw examples of it, you know. So it's it's really interesting, I think. Now, if somebody takes your your core your financial identity quiz and they find out which category they're in, then the next thing they have are options to take a course. And so you decided I I could just see this unveiling. Well, I need this now. Now I need this now. <laughs> so is that kind of how you came about? <laughs> because you have a tremendous uh, resource there for people to work on and develop their uh, financial identity. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And yes, yeah, so the next step would be to take that course. It's a very um, fun, quick course, just like the quiz. It's an introductory mm-hmm. course. So it's not, you know, information overload. It's a video-based course with about five Mm -hmm. modules on each. And, of course, 
knowing each identity helps you with your own. So it's an amazing oh. introductory course with the video based, right. and then I give materials separate. And it's fun, it's quick, it's lighthearted, and you, you come away with that with a few strategies that can really help mm-hmm. you harness the strength of your your own personal financial identity. And, you know, with becoming a member of the Institute on Holistic Wealth as well, that's also another option there with a wealth of resources that you can have at your fingertips as a member. And as we get more information, we also add. So it's continuously updated for members and as we develop, yeah. you know, other courses and other worksheets, there are free worksheets, there are, um, you know, free ebooks. there, there's, there's a wealth of resources. Um, so people can really develop and, and in all areas of holistic wealth. So the personal financial identity, yes, but there are other areas of holistic wealth as well, um, you know, in terms of the resources that members can draw on. So, so it's an amazing resource mm. that's available. Yeah. Well, as was as is my usual habit, yesterday when I was going through the course and I went to the I found out I was a risk taker and so it took me to the next page and then it showed the all of the different areas, but of course I just wanted to go to my area <laughs> instead yeah. of going <laughs> I'm so sorry, I didn't mark your program right. So Listener out there, if you take the course, which I really, really want to um, encourage you to do, it she's just explained the importance of going through all each one to understand how they uh, influence different people's lives as well as they could be part of your uh, thinking as well. So uh, that thank you, Keisha. I needed that explanation so I could go back and do your course. <laughs> Absolutely. And so, the course is discounted now. It's 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 being offered at like an introductory price for a limited time, so it's a good time to go in now and access that pricing oh, while it's yeah. still there. Yes, it is. So I um now do they go to your website to get your book or do is that on Amazon? So it's on Amazon. It's it's everywhere online. So it's on Amazon. Uh-huh. It's on Barnes and Noble, Target. You know, it's 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 available yeah. everywhere. Yeah. But yes, it's on Amazon. Yeah. And when you were a little girl, did you ever think you would be one day where you are now? You did know, you I, want I didn't to think build so, something no. big like this? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I, I I had no idea. I had no idea. Right. It's funny how yes. life turns out, you know, um, in unexpected ways. But I think what's important is how we channel the lessons we've learned and oh, for the good definitely. of humanity. And that's what I've been trying to do and to help others with the knowledge I've gleaned. And, of course, with my professional background as well, which helps in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm so happy. I'm so happy that I can do this and help others, and I want to help and reach as many people as I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of satisfaction in that. Do you? I know once the world gets back to a semi-semi-normalcy, which we don't really know what that's going to look like, but uh, will, I'm sure you do lots of speaking, and will you do continue doing that? 
so that's that scenario where I've been doing um, a lot of speaking, you know, even since COVID, just even virtually. And it's something that I still I would want to do once we're out of this COVID pandemic. It's something I want to yes. continue doing for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you ever do workshops on your um, side? Or I do. I. Do I. Do? It, it's. I. Mm-hmm. What do we have to become if we become members of your? Um, what is it? Members of your website or your program? Do you uh, occasionally do lectures? Yes. So we have that. We have workshops for members. We have mm-hmm. AMA sessions for members where, you know, it's called Ask Me Anything with different experts, with myself, mm-hmm. as well as a few mm-hmm. different experts who are invited to do these. Yes. So yes, we have the uh-huh. workshops and we have those sessions. And of course, right. there's sessions with me as well. Yes. Well, that would be a great resource. There is on the on your website, there are two videos. One about... Um, I think your experience with your husband's death, dying at 34, it's a short film. And then there's another one that I, and I honestly did not have the time to listen to either of those, but I do want to. But uh, then there's another one called The Moments. And I was wondering why you um, wanted to do that YouTube so in terms of that short film, uh, so mm-hmm. that short film is called The Moments I Miss. And oh, I didn't when see that. Artic- yeah, sorry. Yeah, and so when that article went viral, an award-winning film producer from Paris emailed me. He reached out to me. Ah! Yeah. Yeah, and he said, I would love for you to write this short film that I'm going to produce. And given your background, I want it to be based on your story because he had read my story. And it took about a year back and forth and for him to find the actors, because as you know, like you've seen, the the actors are real professional actors. Bambi Norwood Blight is an Australian actor and a a model. And she's Mm. graced the covers of Vogue and... Harper's Bazaar and she's acted in different films and she played she played um you know the lead with Yannick Lespert another um French actor and and they pulled the film together and it's based on my story so so Bambi's acting in my role in in you know portraying my story and I wrote it mm-hmm. so it's something I've been very proud of uh, to have wonderful. that happen. I never thought that would happen in my wildest dreams. And so <laughs> that's why that film is there because it's, you know, it's something I wrote from the heart based on my story and oh. got portrayed on film. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you just make it. We just have to, all of us, we just have to go there. <laughs> we have to go to our website to see this YouTube. I look forward to uh, seeing it because the story around it is so wonderful how yes how you could not have expected would you have even expected that to happen no (laughs) really it's one of those gifts I think yes 
Yes, exactly. So. And to have, yes, and to have the opportunity to write for film is something that yeah. was a gift, and I'd never expected that to happen. And writing for film is so different from writing a book. Um, oh, it's really? such a different process, and I had to learn it. I had to learn it. Oh. So it was, it was an amazing experience. Yes. Did you like it so much you want to do another one? I'd love to do a full-length one. I would love for this whole story because it's so fascinating with the disease and, and, and how things unfolded. I'd love it to be like a full feature film. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, you know, the whole world has spent a year on, the, on Netflix and the other yeah. movie channels that maybe someday we'll see you there. That would be so exciting. That would be exciting. That would be exciting for sure. (laughs) I love this. So as, as you're looking back over your year and you've been exposed to so much, I mean, you've, you've, yes, you went through the pain sorrow of losing your husband, but because of that turn, life changed and you opened different doors that you probably would not have had you remained he may remained alive and you know everything continued as it was so you've been given so many opportunities what did you find out about yourself through the journey oh i found out so much about myself I, which I also state in the book too, you know, because after it happened, I took a one year sabbatical and I talk about that in chapter five of the book. Mm. And that time away, you know, gave me such a gift in terms of rediscovering my true self. Mm-hmm. You know, I went back to the things that I loved, which is when the writing started. I went back to some hobbies that I love, you know, like film and television. That's how I got back into television. Because in my childhood, I had, you know, a few stints in drama, and I was always, you know, in speech and drama as a child. And Mm -hmm. as an adult, I got to explore that more after um, the tragedy happened um, through my sabbatical Mm -hmm. and afterwards, and even now with the show I now now host. And so Mm -hmm. I've learned so much about myself and I've gone back to Mm -hmm. so many of the passions that I had even as a child you know that Mm -hmm. I realize there's so much out there that we can explore to have a richer life to live Mm -hmm. more of a holistically wealthy lifestyle which I talk about in the book but we have Mm -hmm. to be intentional about it Mm -hmm. We have to be intentional about seeking out what it is we truly love, our passions and, you know, those hobbies, those things that you would wake up in the middle of the night just, just, you know, in anticipation to do because you love it so much. And, And so that's what I discovered. I discovered my true love, my passions. I rediscovered some of the talent that I had, that latent talent mm-hmm. that was there all along, that. I hadn't had a chance to explore. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what's led me to all of this. And my professional background 
really complemented this nicely and, you know, was able to provide a framework for some of the more serious chapters in the book, like when we talk about finances, for sure. But the rest of it that we didn't get to talk about, you know, but it's there in the book, so readers can go grab the book and, and read. Those things came out of the passions that I had, which we all have and which we all can explore and that can add mm-hmm. to our resilience and that can add to our lives in a way that nothing else can. And, you know, when we talk about purpose in life, that's mm-hmm. what this has given me. It's given me my life purpose. It's given me my life mission. You know, in chapter three of the book, I talk about finding your own per- your own personal mission. And I give examples of how to write a personal mission statement. And mm-hmm. that's what this has given me. It's given me a mission and it's given me a purpose. And mm-hmm. it's why we're here talking today. And it's just invaluable. Mm-hmm. It's just invaluable. So that's kind of... Mm-hmm. what I've learned and what I've been able to impart through all of this. Mm-hmm. I love that. So many of us through our early years um, drop some of those things that are discounted, some of those beliefs or talents that we have that are discounted. And we think we can't go back and and make them work for us or be profitable for us or be pleasurable for us. And so it it really is sometimes it's that that transition that painful transition that forces us into taking the time to look at that. And you've just said it beautifully is that there's nothing but rewards when you take that time. Absolutely. So absolutely. And as readers go through the yeah. book, they'll see it plainly and it will come, you know, so clearly before their eyes. And and that's the good thing about the book is that it will lead you to think about your own life through your own mm-hmm. story. And mm-hmm. and so you can apply those to your own life as well. Right. Yeah. And so how do you um Share that with your children. How do you share the growth that you had? Do you, I mean, how do you guide them, maybe? Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Through identifying yeah, and appreciating their skills, their, their things that they can spend endless times just because they enjoy being there in that space. Yeah, so so with my kids, I've been teaching them a multitude of lessons, especially during COVID-19. And, 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 you know, COVID has given me a way to practically apply the lessons in the book to my kids, so much so that I'm thinking mm-hmm. of writing a kid's mm-hmm. version of the book, like one for kids, one for teens, because I've seen oh, it cool. so plainly through COVID. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and how we need to develop resilience in kids. And of course, there's Definitely. with kids, there's the balancing of, as you mentioned, the hobbies and the things they want to do, the fun things they want to do. Um, but on the other hand, there's the more serious financial literacy skills that we want kids to develop, and which I think is critical. Right. And, and there's a big gap. There's a big gap in the curriculum right now because, yeah. judging well, from my I experience, be, both. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Keisha, I have to be the bad person here. And I've just asked you a huge question and we are coming to the end of our show. So <laughs> it is important. And I, I do encourage you to write the book because I think too many times our children get taken off their path of passion uh, mm-hmm. by the school system. So yes. I really do. I I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed today's show. It's um, I love to hear when women excel, and you have certainly done that. But I love when we can re- excel where we are so gifted. So thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you so and much to for my having audience. Me, Joyce. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, so those out listening, go to her website. KeishaBlair.com and reap the benefits of her website as you have reaped the benefits today listening to her. I look forward to seeing you here next week. Go out and make it a great day and a great week. Thank you for being here. Joyce Buford returns next week at the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com.